Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey guys, this is a special episode. I've asked Gary Hibbert to join me today and uh, Gary also has his own podcast, also hosts his own real estate investing educational group. And uh, I wanted us to just talk about what's going on and just share our opinions. And these are completely entirely our opinions. You can take it or you can leave it. You can hate it or you can love it. If you hate it, you know, sorry, listen to the next podcast. But, you know, I just wanted to have a glass of wine with Gary virtually as we're uh, quarantined or isolated or however you want to call it and shoot the shit. So welcome to the show. All right. Yeah, we're doing it. We're being responsible and we're doing our social distancing. So That's it. cheers to that. Absolutely. What are you drinking? Uh, it's a glass of white wine. I don't even know the brand. I just went down there, grabbed it quick and ran back up because <laughs> we were we were like two minutes behind schedule here. So <laughs> I'm drinking red wine. I just started drinking uh, this glass, so I'm not drunk or anything by any means. But uh, okay. because of this whole Corona, I, uh, I have some bottles, but then I also have boxed wine now. So <laughs> I'm downgraded nice. to boxed wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna time, be right? it's gonna be a long summer. <laughs> oh man, I know. Okay, so yes. what is your opinion about what is happening and all this chaos? Oh man, and okay, again, right? Like this is unscripted, unscripted. you know, and we're just good. Yeah, this is uh, whatever your opinion is. You you know, it's free speech. Share it, and some of them will love them. And sorry, guys, but at the end of the day, you know, sometimes we just gotta talk real and uh, these are exactly yeah and look and these are going to be my opinions at this particular point in time and you know will things change and shift as time goes on absolutely for mm -hmm. sure and so I, I think where we need to start first is I think is just understanding how money works I think I think that's an important topic and then we can really kind of get into the nitty-gritty right and so one of the things that I was taught early on was to understand how history works. If you dig deep enough into history, it's like having a crystal ball for the future. Okay. And so what I did was I started understanding how money works, right? And, uh, and why were people going into real estate? And so if you go back to World War One, okay, I'm going back real far. Okay. <laughs> and so back then, people think that when wars happen, that's where you know, like to say, well, if you, had, if you go into wars, you make money. So that's not true. So the U.S., what they did in World War One, they didn't actually get pulled into that war until near the end. And so while they were making all the ammunitions and the bullets and the tanks and everything, all the other countries were, were sending their gold over to them. World War Two happens. Okay. Same thing. The U.S., I think, when it started in 1938, U.S. didn't get into like the last year for the most part. So they started sending all their gold. So now... The U.S. had pretty much, I think it was like two-thirds of the world's gold. And so what they did back in, I think it was 1944, okay, was called the Bretton Woods. It was this mm -hmm. uh, convention. They got together, and all the countries pegged their currency to the U.S. dollar, and then the U.S. dollar was pegged to gold, okay? Then from there, fast forward, Vietnam War, they, they start getting their asses kicked, and they got to keep printing money. Now they start to, they're printing so much money that it's more than what they have in gold reserve. So then Nixon, I don't remember the year, I think I thought it was 71. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought it was. So 71, 
he unpegs it. And so that is at that point in time where the dollar now becomes paper. And so if you understand that, it's super important because a fiat currency never lasts. It's usually between 30 to 50 years. So from Bretton Woods to Nixon to where we are now, and we are now about that 50 year mark. And so if you listen, yeah. So now if you take a look at what Robert Kiyosaki had talked about prophecy and all that, I think he was saying that it was going to crash in 2016 or 2017. I don't remember what year it was, but he said, I didn't realize that they're going to keep printing as much money as they were going to print. So I knew that something was happening. I knew that a bubble was going to come, but I just didn't know that because of COVID-19 was going to take it down. But eventually it was going to happen. And so this is where we are today, where now they're going to have to print so much money. And, and listen, to the, listen to the numbers that they're talking about. Like, like trillions, right? Like yeah, like one, I think it was $2 trillion in the U.S., $82 billion here in, in Canada. I think I read an article too the other day, like Canada for the first time is now like printing you know, yeah. billions and billions of dollars. And so when you print all that money, the only way to get, we're going to be able to get out of this is if, if they can get out of this, is, it's all going to be inflated because it's not that the price of these homes are going up now. Now it's because the dollar is getting more useless. Exactly. That, and that is inflation, right? Is all of this money printing. All of a sudden they don't, they have money. It's quite interesting though. Uh Um, Uh You know, it's all of this money printing that is going to make the prices of everything else go up. I mean, it's all relative at the end of the day, but that's what happens with inflation. Right. And yeah, I mean, look, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't see how all of these businesses that have been impacted, that they're going to be able to bail all of them out. Like, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, look, I, I want to be optimistic, but I'm also a realist, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 I, and I hope they're going to be able to do it, but man, I, I, I don't see how that's going to happen. It's going to be really difficult times. Now, again, there's still going to be, I think there's still always opportunities. I think there's always going to be silver lining. And so where can I find some silver lining in this? And I think the silver lining is going to be in regards to innovation. And so now, like, see how everybody's at home? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you're going to see now is some innovations where businesses now see that, hey, we can actually have our whole entire workforce work from home. They had some struggle. I used to work at TD Bank and I was talking to a coworker there and he's like, they didn't have the, all the VPN connections that they needed. And so they innovated to allow that to be take place like within a weekend. Right. And so now imagine now when things maybe hopefully get back to normal and you see all those buildings downtown, maybe they might just convert them into condos or apartment buildings or whatever, because they may not even need them anymore, right? And so I think you're going to see some good things come out of this. Now, you know what? I tend to agree. I mean, at the end of the day, we are more virtual than ever. Even before mm-hmm. all this was happening, as you did start seeing a lot of people starting to be able to work from home or flex hours or flex locations. And, and a lot of progressive companies were starting to do that. Yeah. It was, you know, when you're looking at commercial real estate, it's always that question mark, right? Is that business still going to be needed in 10 years from now or 15 years from now? Or is that job going to be obsolete? Is it going to go overseas? Is it going to become remote? I do tend to agree that more and more will be remote. And then, you know, even just the whole, like all the lawyers right now, like they're just changing a whole lot of stuff to be able to still continue remotely, which is really quite interesting. And never before have we had thought that would be a possibility. 
Exactly. And so now they're doing the yeah remote signing. I think as long as they have the video up so they can actually see that they've got the document in front of them and, and then they mm-hmm. sign it, right? Which is great. And that's huge innovations. And, and, you, and, then you, and then you don't have to break it down. You can keep it. Yeah. And the cool thing is, though, is that as a real estate investor for residential, it just goes to show people always need a home and a place mm-hmm. to live. But also at some point, it might even be a place to work. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. But what do you think is going to happen to to people if they are not in the workforce, like in terms of like culture, in terms of, you know, all that workplace culture, the in- workplace environment, like, you know, you lose some of that by not being in person. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. I, look, again, I don't think it's all going to go away. I, I think you may see some of it go away, but look, you can still have business meetings at a coffee shop or, 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 or wherever you know, Tim Hortons, right? So I don't think that's always going to completely go away. But, you know, again, as a business owner, you, you want to take a look at efficiencies. And if there's some efficiencies there now because of the issues that we're in today, I bet you're probably going to see some companies start doing that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And even just the travel time, I mean, sitting in traffic for an hour and back and forth and, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be interesting because once people have to go back, are they going to try to tell their boss that they should work from home because they were more productive at home and they actually were able to do full fuller days or, you know, more productive days because they didn't have all that traffic. To oh, I, I guarantee it for sure. For sure. I mean, minus the kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> We've got kids running around in their houses right now. Right. So I'm sure that's yeah. causing some stress. Yeah. You know, I think that the part that worries me the most, I think at this point is just the, the small businesses and how yeah. we, you know, and even just me, I, I've been guilty of that. Like a lot of the time I would just buy something because it was cheaper off Amazon and it was probably made from China rather than going locally and, and supporting yeah. the local businesses. And it just makes me now really think, man, I, I really need to switch that piece around. And even if it costs me a little bit more, I'm supporting Canadians. Right. That I think that's the scariest part out of all of this, right? I mean, even when I look at my business, my, like my business has grinded to a, a complete halt for the most part. You know, my guys aren't really going out. We are, we've been deemed though an essential service, you know, so obviously if, you know, it's people that are in a situation where they need to buy a home or they need to sell their home. Um, so they are considered, as, uh, you know, essential services. But, you know, I was talking to one of my other uh, investors who uh, has his own business. He uh, has like a, like a cash converter type of a thing. And he's like, Gary, like, yes, they're doing the bailout. Yes, they're giving me handouts, but it's, it's like, it's nothing. It's peanuts. Like, I think it was like 10% off of their uh, payroll yeah, or something like, like yeah, that. that. It, it was like something, that. yeah, it was something super small. I was like, Gary, like, what am I supposed to do with that? Then you look at, uh, I really try to stay away. I, I think I watched maybe like two minutes of news today, honestly. I was like, ah, same thing. I turned it off. I, I'm getting all the updates from my friends anyways. What's up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. If it's really that important, some people like, Gary, are you not in that boat yet? I'm like, what boat? <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's going through some, some, some hard times and uh, he's obviously concerned whether or not he's going to be able to, to survive it. Right. And I think the difficult things you're going to see for some investors, especially the ones that are newer, is maybe potentially them being over leveraged. Yeah, I right. think that's the scary part. As soon as you've got your tenants that can't pay, and it's still right now when we're recording, it's still kind of unknown what, what's going to happen. I know that right as of today, they're getting a $2,000 if they apply, and that includes a few things. But Right. Now, have you, you know, reached out to all your tenants? 
Yeah, I've reached out to all my tenants just to yeah. see if they needed any food or any supplies. So far, they've been good. There's one that sent me a message today. And we actually, you know, this is this is where it pays to have really good screening processes to find the best tenants and have great relationships with them because Absolutely. in times like this, they're much more willing to work with us mm-hmm. and vice versa. Like I'm seeing a lot of um, really scary stuff out there with like rent strikes and people just telling other people not to hold their rents even though they can pay it. And like that stuff makes me angry. Yeah, the no, tenants I that, that really can't pay and they're in hard times. We're all in this together and I'm 100% going to support my tenants that have been good and all of them have been good. So yeah, I did have one. She's home with four kids and he just got laid off today. So she was texting me and she was like all worried about what I was going to say and stuff like that. But I'm like, you know what? Like, don't worry about it. We're in this together. Pay what you can for April and we'll figure out the rest. And like, you know, I think it's important to be human. Absolutely. The people that are upfront and human and have always worked with you in the past. And this is where, you know, what comes around, unfortunately goes around because vice versa. If you were a horrible landlord, this is where your tenants might screw you over a little bit. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it absolutely. goes both ways. Yeah, and you know what we did a, um, we did a webinar on, on Monday and I think we're going to keep doing it probably like every Monday at noon, just to give some updates in regards to what we're seeing and, and what we think that you, some of these investors uh, should be doing. Uh, and again, like, you know, we're not going to get it right all the time, but it's just more like, hey, we just want to get out there and help to lead uh, and, and give people some direction. And obviously, one of the big ones was, you know, should you be issuing the N4? And and my stance on that was like, was no. Like, number one, it's not going to go anywhere anyways. LTB is not even open. Number two, you're just going to make a, a bad situation worse. You know, now imagine now if you did lose your job and, you know, you've been a great tenant and all of a sudden now you get this N4, nothing's going to happen. You know, so you're going to make that situation worse. And so I think to right now with everything that's happened, it's about being human, compromising, maybe working out something where you can do partial payment or maybe use last month's rent or, you know, maybe set up PayPal and, and, and take credit card payments. But I think you've got to go down that route first because everybody's going through a serious, you know, serious and difficult times. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. Like, as long as they are willing to work with you, you yes. ideally are willing to. So, so absolutely, hundred percent. I will stand by my tenants. I'll make sure that you know we work mm-hmm. something out. However, here's the other side to it. If you've got a tenant that has been just milking the system, trying not to pay, you know, you might have yeah. a little bit less tolerance for them at this point in time, and it's just another thing in the bucket. So, I think this yeah. is where the relationships in the past, good or bad, will will, will really show through, mm-hmm. and. It still does make me angry, though, that these groups of tenants are trying to tell other tenants to withhold the rents for no necessary reason. Like if they still have a job and they can still pay it, pay the rents, right? Just like my my other thought is if we can pay your mortgage and we have the means to do it, let's continue paying the mortgage. Like that goes to the other, everyone's going and like calling the banks for mortgage deferrals. I don't know about that. There's always going to be pros and cons. And I don't fully know if people are deferring their mortgages and they really fully understand the pros and cons, my opinion. I, I agree with that now. On Monday when we came out, we were pushing, you know, go ahead and, and defer your mortgage payments because my concern was if anybody wasn't liquid enough. And, and I'm still thinking that we're going to be in this, you know, like we're not coming, again, my own opinion, I don't think we're coming out of this in April, May, or even June. I think, I think it's going to be a lot longer than that. And so my first initial reaction was, take the deferral, right? Now looking back, a couple of days has gone into it. My concern is I don't know whether or not it's going to impact your credit. So that would be where my, my concern is, number one. Number two, 
one of the things that we've always taught our investors is to have a buffer. So have a buffer of at least a minimum of three months. And so mm-hmm. then at least that way you can weather the storm. And again, if, you're, if your tenants are paying, then you're fine. So that is, I, I, I'm, I'm on board now with, I think, that approach. I think that makes sense. Take, don't take it if you don't have to. Yeah, so I want to add a couple of things to that. Yeah. Banks are saying that it's not going to affect your credit. Fine, whatever. But the thing is, they have to report it specifically in a certain way to Equifax for it to go through that specific way. And there is so many people applying. And I was talking to some mortgage brokers like Claire Drage and Dahlia Barsoom and everything changes every day. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be flawless. At some point, it's going to show up. Mm -hmm. And here's my other concern. And this is my opinion. This is why we're doing this and we're doing it over wine and we're just chatting and we're recording it so people can listen to it. But as an investor, let's Mm -hmm. just say you've got cash and you can withhold it and you've got your job, et cetera, and your tenants are paying. Go ahead and you figure, you know, you figure out that you're going to defer your mortgage payments and you claim hardship and stuff like that. Here's the thing. In three months from now, when there's some great opportunities and you want to buy, what do you think that bank is going to tell you? Why are you deferring? And now you want to buy another property? Or if you want to refinance something, I mean, this is the stuff that makes me start thinking. Mm -hmm. I want to refinance something and I'm deferring for six months. You think the bank's going to want me to refinance something and pull out equity while they're not getting paid for another three months potentially? Yeah, that's a good point. So I agree with that. You know, as an investor that's trying to scale, this is a good opportunity to buy if you're in the right spot. Of course, if mm-hmm. you are going to lose everything, go ahead and defer. But this is, this is not like, oh, free money. You know, I can like cash flow better for six months. There's right. going to be consequences. And if you're planning on buying and you're planning on refinancing, I'll tell you, they're probably going to stop in three months from now and say, sorry, you got to like start repaying before you get anything mm-hmm. or change anything. Um, and I still don't fully believe that it's not going to touch your credit. At some point, some credit will be messed up because the banks will, will forget to not send it a certain way to Equifax. And that was, there's some articles that are coming out. And again, every day, we'll, we get more information and more information. But unless I absolutely had to, and I don't live that close to the edge, unless I absolutely had to, I would do it. But like, I would have to be like on the verge of losing my properties for yeah. me to do something like that because I look at the opportunity instead of not doing that and being able to acquire when I think prices are going to go down and deals I agree. Are I agree. Right. And, and, and mo- yeah. And look, and, and again, right now more than ever, you obviously want to be as liquid as you, as you can. Right. And I think there's different ways of doing it, maybe potentially even refinancing. I don't even know if that stuff is even going to be able to get through with everybody calling for, for the deferrals. I'm doing a refinance right now. It's definitely taking twice as long even to get the appraisal done. But but this is a great time to refinance because I think the banks have appetite right now to to loan out money. And I I think they would prefer that versus- When did you do it? How long ago? Started the process three weeks ago and there's probably (laughs) probably another two to three weeks left. So it does take longer. So if you've got anything to do, I would do it now. But the other reason I did it, and I don't know if the prices will look the same, for the ARVs in three to four months. And I'd rather have them pull comps from January and February, right? Because they'll look at the last three months of sales. So I think if I'm going to do it this year, I might as well do it now where I think the numbers will look the best versus once more people start losing their jobs and more businesses start going under and people need to sell fast and deals are being bought for less than what I could have gotten today. Why not do it now? Now, I think now is the best time. I, I think we've probably, we're going to probably peak 
And I think you're going to see a decline in, in prices. I just don't see how they can take off afterwards. Is this going to be, look, people are driven by fear. And there's a lot of fear that's going on right now, right? Fear of not uh, being able to pay the rent, fear of being an investor and not being able to uh, cover those mortgage payments if my tenants don't pay. Fear of the real estate market, fear of the stock market. It's, it's, just, it's fear all around. And, uh, and I think that is the, the, the challenging piece right now for a lot of people, especially when people are uncertain, right? But on the other side, and I don't want to take, I got to be careful with my words here, but it's one of those things where, you know, you got to be greedy when people are fearful and fearful when people are greedy. And so when I look back, when I first started investing in real estate, my very first investment property was 2008, you know, obviously I kind of went in a little bit blind, but everybody was telling me don't buy but it was, and, and it was a great buying opportunity because nobody was buying because they thought right. that what happened down in the U.S. was going to come up here in Canada and do the same thing. And then back then, I knew enough um, that I had to buy for cash flow. And I think today that still stands. It's always been about cash flow. And and again, it's, it's the, the ones that are going to really get hurt are those speculative ones. It'd be interesting yeah. to see what's going to happen with the condos, you know, where yes. like I I have no, I haven't even, even, haven't even thought about that yet to tell you the truth, well, but it, it's, it's, yeah. The condo. So the, here's the thing with the condos. This is what I, and I've been telling Matt this. I'm like, imagine being stuck in a condo right now where you have to go downstairs and use the elevator in the main lobby and you're quarantined. I guarantee you people are like, I wish we had a backyard. I wish we had a backyard. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that people are going to say, screw this condo. I mean, not everyone. This is my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the houses with, with yards and space. Are mm -hmm. going to be the ones that are going to be. Imagine having kids in a condo; they can't run I want, around. I, want, I would want nothing Quarantine. to do with it. Yeah, but but not even than that. I'm even worried about the investors yeah. that are bought these, you know, pre-built condos and are waiting for it to uh, to be built. Yeah, that's going to be tough. That's going to be mm -hmm. really. And then you you have to finance it at that price and hope that it's still that price. Or you're going to have to come up with a difference and pocket the difference in cash and. Yeah. It's going to be quite interesting for sure. It is. It is. I was talking to a mortgage agent uh, the other day and I was like, what's happening with some of the, the properties that are, that are closing uh, and where people have lost their jobs and they're like, they're just pushing it through. What else are they going to do? Like it's, it's, it's like they've never seen anything like this before. They and have so appetites alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, they're, they're allowing these properties to close. They're allowing people to move in. So I thought that was actually kind of interesting to, to, to kind of mm -hmm. hear that side of it, right? I'm actually doing a, a call tomorrow as well, too. Just like I got a home inspector and a mortgage agent. And just to kind of just, you know, see what's happening, like from a, from a home inspection standpoint, are there other ways to, to go out and do home inspection now? And so we had a brief talk about that. And, and what he's saying is, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know, obviously you're an agent. You can come out with me. The client can sit in the car. And you can do a FaceTime and yeah. we can go through the house together, right? Because yeah. sellers, sellers are a little bit nervous of having too many people in their homes. That makes sense. So I don't personally see the prices dropping unless there's a lot of things on the market. And I think people are still waiting. So there's not a whole lot of supply and there's not a lot of demand right now. So it's, I don't think it's going to affect the prices yet of everything. But I think in like... Really? Okay. I mean, again, it's just like... Yeah, for thoughts. sure. I mean, I'm yeah. not... You're the realtor. You've got, you know... But if there's not a whole lot of properties being sold... Mm -hmm. or enlisted and there's not a lot of people buying mm -hmm. i can't see the prices fluctuating too much until there is either more of an unbalance so more supply or more demand or less supply or less demand so where do you see prices then in december do you see them higher or lower in december or, or let's not even say december like you know maybe still in the hot market let's say october 
or do you think, okay, let's, let's even go further out. Let's say next year, this time, do you think homes will be higher or lower? I think in the long term, whatever you do, you'll be fine as long as you buy for cash flow and you hang on for the ride. I think ultimately it's 100% place. Uh, yep. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to do well flipping in this market. No. A year from now, it's hard to say. I don't have a crystal ball, but I'll tell you that if, if we block our borders and we don't allow immigration mm-hmm. and we also don't have jobs for the people that are claiming unemployment right now that they can actually go to, it's probably not going to do so well. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what's uh, immigration doing about what, 15,000 a month around there? I think last year we did 140, 150,000, I think came in. I don't know the exact numbers, but it was somewhere around there, whether it be, I mean, obviously the combination of uh, people coming in and interprovincial, mm-hmm. right? but yeah, that's going to take, that's going to be a big impact for sure. Right. Depending on how long these borders are closed for, you know, this, uh, this virus is still spreading. Uh, it's going, it seems to be going pretty quick in the U S right now. And, uh, we, it, it seems like we have a bit of a handle of it better up here in Canada. Do you think Canadians like, uh, just listen better and they're like, we're more like, you know, they say we're more polite, we're more cooperative. Like we're all like, I don't know. I, I feel like everybody I know. And I, of course there's still some people that break the rules, but like we do it. I think we isolate more than, than they do. I don't know. Or maybe there's just less of us. So the numbers just are maybe the same, but because they're 10 times our size, it's hard to say. Yeah. Are you, uh, have you been on the streets or have you kind of gone out for a drive at all? Because I, I don't know if I can tell you the story. So I think you knew that my daughter was in Spain. Yes. Yes. Right. And so then I was actually in a hotel for two weeks and then people are like, mm-hmm. well, why are you in a hotel for two weeks? It doesn't make any sense. So and it was, it was a little bit scary for her too, because, you know, when I first called her, she's like, dad, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's not too bad here. Then she's like, uh, dad, I don't know. I think it's kind of getting pretty bad over here. And he's like, dad, I gotta get out of here. And, and the tears uh-huh. are coming. And, uh, and then we talked to the parents that were over there as well too. And they're like, this is getting out of control over here. Like we've just never seen anything like this. And now they're talking about shutting down the airport in Madrid. So called up our agent and I said, like, just get her on a plane, get her out of there. And he was, uh, he was like, okay, well, it's going to be like, you know, 4,000 bucks. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Just put it on a plane. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. And he was able to do something. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I was actually able to get it for 400. However, the earlier change you made of the 300, you're still going to have to pay that. So 700. I'm like, I said, I was good with 4,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's your family. And like, yeah, like, I'm not, I didn't care about the money thing right now. Just throw on a plane. Mm-hmm. And so when she was coming back two weeks ago, remember, it, it wasn't nothing like it is today. It's insane like, it's how fast crazy. it got to this. Yeah. It, like, it's it's mind-blowing to yeah. me. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, look, I'm still going out and meeting clients. We could either throw her in um, the hotel, but you know what? I'd rather just have let her have her bed and let me go to the hotel and go that route. Interesting. And so because she came from the epicenter, and when she came here, I was like, well, I can't come back home now because I you know, and then if I go out, then she just came from Spain. Yeah, you don't and, want to be the cause of like infecting others, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so the decision was, you know what, let me just stay here for two weeks and, and then I'll come back. And then, of course, you know, then they were worried now when I came back, you know, like, well, what about you? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but I mean, so where was I going with this? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I was going out and getting groceries for them, dropping it off and, and all that. But out there on the street, it's, it's a different world now. But out there on the streets, I mean, there's still people out there. They're still driving around. But I mean, now you go to Home Depot and you've got like these, uh, like you got to have two two meters apart from each other. Or you're in Walmart and you have to have two meters apart and you have these like little, like 
the, the floors are taped. I don't know if you've gone to Walmart and seen what's You know what? Is- I actually haven't left for two weeks. I know I know this sounds horrible, but I, like I send my chef to go to the grocery store mm. and like make stuff for like well, she made stuff for the next two weeks. But it's 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 almost like like a like a movie. Like it just it's how it quickly it's I've been driving. I haven't like actually physically gone into many places other than like shoppers or something. Yeah, it's crazy what some of these places have done. Or they have like these plexiglasses and now in front of like the return center that comes like all the way down. It, Interesting. It, it's, yeah, it's, or, or if you're at Home Depot, like there's a lineup outside. So you got to wait, there's like 20 people and you can only have so many people in the store. Compl- wow. it's, a, it's another another world out there. It really is. And, and we're uh, in Canada. So like imagine how it is in other countries. And actually, you know what? And I feel like we're pretty lucky, but like imagine like a country like Cuba that relies on tourists. I know. Yeah, a lot of those islands, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, and I remember when it first came out, and again, I'll, I'll just kind of off the top of my head, but I was like, well, why, are we, why are we doing this? You know, like it almost feels like the, the cure is going to be worse than the actual virus itself. I don't want to downplay it. I know it's dangerous. I know people are dying. So I get that. But I'm concerned with what happens afterwards, the aftermath, the what small businesses. Well, what I mean is that, because of the, the the shelter that everybody's going into and shutting down the countries, the aftermath is going to be so devastating that you you know you think that in twenty nineteen and twenty eighteen you think people had depression. Mm. Where do you think depression is going to go after this? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. The streets are going to look so different. All the boarded up shops yeah. that can't make yeah. it back. Yeah. Restaurants that's, are good. That's that's the biggest concern that I have is the the depression that's going to come after. And hmm. so, again, I want to be optimistic, but I'm also a realist. I mm-hmm. think we're going. I honestly think we're going into a depression. Unfortunately, I just I don't see how it can only be a recession. I don't I don't see it and unless they keep printing and printing and printing and. You know, and then what happens though? Then nothing is worth it. Like freaking roll of toilet paper. I mean, it's probably worth a hundred dollars anyways right now. But yeah, then it's like Zimbabwe money. <laughs> you know how much yeah. is that toilet paper? Like you know, one billion dollars. <laughs> so then what becomes the currency? I feel like we we were talking about this one day, and this came to the like, and then I'm like, okay, we have to do a podcast. So what's the mm. new currency? Well, I don't know. I don't know if they do a new currency or not. I mean, you know, there, there's been talks of you know, do they have another currency where it's backed by gold? It depends on really the confidence of people. If they lose faith in the American dollar, then if you go back in history, gold and silver has always been the currency, right? That, that's really what it's always kind of been. But I don't know. I don't know if they go to that or not, or do all the countries just keep printing and then you get this rising ship, right? Because everybody kind of just prints at the same time within, yeah. yes, everything kind of gets, gets more expensive and then you have a rising ship at the same time. And you don't have to, but you're going to have to find it. And I I don't actually, and this is a good question. I don't even know who has the most amount of gold at this point in time. I don't know if it's China. I don't know if it's the U.S. I should probably take a look into that. that Definitely not us. That's unfortunate. No, we have nothing. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. We're going to, we have to tag on to uh, the sleeves of the U.S., right? But we got some friends friends out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and look, and I know, I think some people have been talking about Bitcoin. Uh, I, I don't follow it. I just, I don't see it doing anything. So I'm not really paying too much attention to it. Me For me, I still think hard assets is the place to be, you know, even if they do a reset or whatever it is that they just, they end up having to do, or they print, print us out of this. At least I still have land. 
Yes. I think that, and, and so, I, and I think that's why they call them landlords, right? Lords of the land. That's what you want. So Especially throughout this, people are like, stay home. And this is, you know, like they're always, you can't just go in a pod and like set yourself off, like, you know, just sleep and then be back to whatever you're doing. Like you actually need a house. Like I don't see yeah. that going anywhere. And you're no. right. And we said, you, is the, is the real estate, the new currency? Yeah. Look, I mean, it's, people don't talk about this. So after the great depression, that is one of the, um, the, uh, where most millionaires were created. So mm-hmm. you, you only hear about the depression side of it, but there was also people that made a ton of money and they made a ton of money through real estate. I think the Kennedys made a lot of money you know, yeah. through, through yeah. real estate at that particular time. Right. So I mean, it's unfortunate. Okay. No, I was going to say 95% of millionaires to real estate investing, right? Yeah. Here's uh, you know, and, and here's what's going to happen now as well too. This is going to be the largest transfer of wealth you've ever seen in your life because wealth doesn't just disappear it just gets transferred it mm-hmm. always just transfers from hand to hand and so now you see all those small businesses and uh, you know people's pensions and all that that's that's gone but then it's going to go into somebody else's hands it always does and so one of the things i think we talked about this earlier is that it's about understanding history because if you if you know that there's a game being played then you can understand the game. And if you understand the game, well, then you can win the game. And so you got to be a good student of history. You just got to understand how the money piece works. And listen, there's sometimes, not even sometimes, I look at, now we're going to go to the deep end. I love looking at the conspiracy theory stuff. It's not that I believe it all. A lot of it I don't believe, but I want to know about it because if it happens, I don't want to be caught off guard. Like I just want to know about it. Mm-hmm. that's it. I just want to know, let me know. And if I could see something coming, okay, cool. Cause that's still part of the game, right? Because there are conspiracy theories where a couple of years goes by and then they're like, Hmm, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. Most of them end up being, but some of them do come to, you know, fruition. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I mean, if you told somebody last year that this is going to be our, our living situation in our world today, we would have been like, yeah, just make a movie about it or something. Like, it feels like we're in a movie right now. Like, this yes. actually feels like a movie I've watched. Yeah, But exactly. I've watched many movies, but it's insane. Like, you would have never believed it, right? It is. And look, you know, we can go in the deep end as well, too, right? You know, here's, here's things that always happens as well, too, is there's always trade wars. Okay? So when you got trade wars, and, and Trump's been doing trade wars since what? Since he got in the office with China. Um, and with other countries and, and Russia and slapping sanctions and, and, you know, that those are acts of, uh, acts of war sometimes, you know, like, I mean, that's why if you go back to, uh, world war two, part of the, why, uh, what was it? Pearl Harbor. It was because the U S had slapped sanctions on them and they were destroying their economy. Right. So then after trade wars, then you go into currency wars. And so now where do you think we're moving into? Like, look at what's happened in people's, the East country's currencies. And so now you're going to see currency wars start happening, mm-hmm. right? Does the U.S. remain the, the dominant uh, powerhouse or does China now want to maybe try and come up with some type of new currency backed by gold? But it's going to be what does the world believe in and where is their confidence? And then after that, then you get, you get into world wars. Now, I'm not saying that this new world war might be, um, you know, with bullets and guns and bombs, 
but I mean, real uh, probability, cyber wars. You know, you're, you're always hearing about Russia always trying to hack in, or U.S. is trying to hack them, or China, and you know. So again, I mean, I don't know. Again, all that stuff. I, I hear about a little bit of it and kind of just tune into it because I just I, I need to know a little bit of that stuff because if it does happen, then I can. I don't. I'm not going to be. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that was coming. I mean, we're definitely in interesting times, mm-hmm. and I mean, none of us has a crystal ball, but it's always interesting to to think about it and under try to understand what's happening because there's so much stuff that they are probably not even telling us right now. That if you, we found out, it would be a whole different ball game, and I don't know what but that is. But when you'd love to just be like a fly on the wall in the Oval Office, I would yeah. just love to hear some of those conversations, and and I'm sure. Look, they, they've got to come out and they've got to say, look, we're, we're going to be back to normal in, 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 you know, or you only have to stay in your homes for two weeks. Can you imagine if this came out and said you got to stay in your home for two months? You couldn't handle it. But I feel like that's exactly why they said that two weeks. And they said April 5th, I think, for those kids coming back to school. But yeah, they would have, because we would have gone crazy and we didn't believe in the severity of it. Back. Right. And right. each day that goes by, we realize it maybe a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And of and course it's going to be. And I mean, and so then after that, like, Hey, look, we need one more week. Okay, cool. I can handle one more week. Okay. We need just, just one more week. Oh, look, a few of you guys aren't listening. So now you're screwed it for everybody else. Let's do two more weeks guys, you know, and, and look, and, and Trudeau's even actually said he, if he has to, you know, he will do what's necessary to keep people indoors. And what does that right. mean? Just, just I mean, read look between at Italy. the lines. That's scary. Like, there's some mm. videos that are out there. I don't know. It, it's what just are, what, are, what are the videos? I haven't seen. Not even leave their house. There's oh, like, those ones. Yeah, everywhere. yeah. Now I don't know if they have the armies deployed there or the military. I know. Uh, I know they. I think they're doing that to New York right now. I've seen seen some videos of that stuff. But I mean, look. I hope it doesn't get to that. I really do. But I mean, where we are today. I never thought in a million years it would have gotten like this, this quick. So, so if it's gotten this bad, this quick, you cannot rule out anything. No. And why are the banks deferring for six months? It's at, you know, I, I yeah. there's probably some, some time for people to go back and, and fix their, you know, what, you know, get a new job and this and that. But that means at least in my opinion, that means at least it's going to be three to four months. That's a good point. Yeah. Look, I, I already told people, I think summer's canceled. Right. So yeah. I'll see up at the cottage. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's interesting. So here's the thing is cause I have an Airbnb in the cottage and it's rented, yeah. but I, I think if the virus is not as bad, I think people in the borders are still closed. Like this cottage will do really well because people are going to get, want to get out of their small condos and get some fresh air and get some water. So I actually think the Airbnb industry up here, as long as like, we're not like fully in quarantined, et cetera, et cetera, that extreme, I think mm-hmm. it'll actually be pretty good. You're probably right. You're probably right. You know what? Because when I was in the um, the hotel there for the two weeks, the first two days, I was like, yes, freedom. Right? There by myself. Then, I can tell you this, day three, four, five, maybe like six days, I was not enjoying it. And I found out that I actually wasn't really that comfortable being by myself. I'm more of a social type of a person. I like hanging out. I like going and having a coffee, taking clients out, whatever it be. But I can tell you near the end, I actually started to enjoy it just enjoying the quietness, but I had to go out and take a walk. I had to, like, I, you cannot stay cooped up for that long. Right. And, and I think some people are taking it too far 
like, look, I'm saying, yes, definitely self-isolate, but you can still go for a walk. And I think the walk is important because now more than ever, it's important to, to get your exercise. It's important to eat healthy, wake up in the morning, blend some kale and put an apple in there and put some lemon and put a little ginger. Because when you're indoors like that, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take a toll on your health. Mm -hmm. right? So don't you worry about that. So I'm, I'm thinking like, there's a lot of people with men, mental health, right? And mm -hmm. you know, are those people going to be okay throughout this? Because, you know, I, I could see like the suicide rates. I know it's, it's horrible to talk about, but I can see that rising. For um, sure, for sure. And people staying and then it's just like, it doesn't feel real. And all of a sudden they've lost their job and they're losing so much more you know, what else do they, in their minds, right? What else do they have to live for? So I can see that not going so well. For sure. And listen, remember, you know, social beings and now we can't even hug. We can't even touch. We can't, like anybody yeah. outside. Like it's just, it's so weird now. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, like my car broke down as well too when I was at the hotel and they couldn't get my part in time. And, and I was like, okay, I need to get a new car anyways because I was looking a couple months ago. And so I just did it just in time to actually get to my new car because they actually had closed that night, but then they were still doing their deliveries the next day. So I was like, okay, cool. But you go in there and it's like, there's nobody there. Everybody's wearing gloves. You know, you just know not to shake hands. You just, Hey, and you just do it like so a head nod. It is. It's so weird. It's, um, and it's not our culture too, right? Like we are like, we see our friends, we give our friends a hug or handshake. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so it's they, so they couldn't yeah and then i took it I, I took the car for a test drive and you couldn't even he could not come in the car with me he wasn't allowed to so i had to test drive the car by myself that's really interesting yeah okay. yeah Maybe. so so being in that hotel I, I saw different aspects of the world yeah. where when i came back home i was talking to my wife and i was like it's a different world it's it's crazy what you like because she hasn't gone out yet right and she's just like I can't believe it's changed that much. Yeah. It's yeah. It's different. Yeah. It's so weird. So I haven't really gone out yet either. I mean, I at some point I'm probably going to go to the grocery store and, and get some groceries as I'm up here or like go to the bakery and get some takeout stuff. But yeah. So, so when do you think like people can actually say like, I am not sick. You're not sick. You've been quarantined. I've been quarantined. Can we actually hang out? When is that going to happen? Not until the past summer. You think so? And think? even after, and even after then, I mean, just the, the shell shock of this, you're going to be in this, like, I don't, I don't want to touch because I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's still lingering around. Like, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Look, here's a, here's a good, uh, here's a, here's a good thing to look at, I guess, would be Wuhan. You know, what did it take them about four months to get out of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it was I, November, right? Or October. Uh, I thought it was, yeah. Well, I heard early December and then I think they reported to the WHO. Uh, end of December, you know, okay. and, and listen, anybody that's listened to this, make sure that you guys do all your fact checks. Cause yeah. We're just kind we're, of we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And so if it took them that long, right, here's a concern that I have, right. And see, they weren't flattening the curve. Like we're trying to flatten the curve. You've heard that, right? Like, you know, we got to flatten the curve. We got to flatten yeah. the curve. And uh, I, I should be listening to the news maybe a little bit more, but I don't. But if I think about it logically, flattening the curves means that it's going to take even longer. And flattening the curve means that you're just, you're trying to stop the wave of people going to the hospital. So then if you flattening the curve, you're not doing like this, just like, hey, let everybody just go around and do what they want. And then you have this big surge of people that end up having to go to the hospital and the hospital gets overrun. So if you flatten the curve, 
that means there's a little bit here, a little bit there that go to the hospital, but that just means that it's going to be extended even longer is what I think. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you about rents Mm -hmm. and what you think. So like the house prices are going to go down. I don't think people are going to buy as much and I think people are going to sell, but they still need a place to live. So like, I think the rents are going to go up because there's going to be less people that can buy and more people that want to sell. But what do you think? I think the rents will kind of remain where they are, depending on what happens. If homeowners that had good jobs before or business owners and they're forced to sell, then you're going to get a, an influx of, um, of more tenants out there. And so then, and so then, then you will eventually see it rise. And then that will then start to lower the price of the homes. I, th- I think if I had to guess, I think that's what's going to happen. You know what I think is going to happen? I think the houses, the rent is going to go up because people are going to want the yards and the space if we're still quarantined. Uh, as opposed and to the condos. condos are going to stabilize or go down maybe a little bit. Yeah. If you're coming yeah, from, from owning a house and you're a homeowner, you're yeah. probably not going to want to get cooped up in a condo. You're maybe. probably right. No, And you know what? It's a good point because uh, now that I think through it, I think if, if, if it gets really bad in New York and people see that, they're going to be like, hell no. I don't want to live in tight quarters like that. Because There's New York, no reason. You know, unless York, you have a job that you like have to get to really fast, there's no reason to live in New York. Like, Yeah. And New York's going to get hit hard. California's going to probably get hit hard. And I know? shouldn't say that there's no reason to live in New York. But if you don't have to physically go to work and you can't really go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, whether you have a house with a yard or a condo, I mean can't go anywhere anyways <laughs> yeah exactly no but you know that's a good point i think people are going to want more space mm-hmm. I, I think so uh, i don't know a whole lot about this have you heard about the whole 5g and that type of network that they've got i don't follow have you anything about that yeah so i think in china so uh, i think in china they've got this 5g network and i think how they come the 4g or the 3g you know you, you have your apps on your phone and so that uh, with uh, with that type of technology you can turn off location services or you can turn it on my understanding is with 5G, and again, anybody listen, fact check this. I have no idea what I'm probably talking about. But when you walk into, our, say, McDonald's, and they've got, they've got tons of cameras over there in China that is face recognition. Oh, okay, Gary just was in McDonald's. Okay, cool, Gary just went outside. Uber, okay, Uber comes. I don't even say my name because face recognition. And so the tracking, there's a lot of tracking that's going on with people. Okay. So now imagine now we're, we're in this very fearful time and the government says, Hey, look, you know what? We could introduce 5g. And then this way, now we know where everybody is. Wouldn't you want to know where everybody is when we're fighting this uh, enemy that's invisible? You know what? I have heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Matt brought that up and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so then that's, I mean, think about it. Like we're all scared. We don't know where this enemy is. And so now if Sarah goes over to Matt's house and, or you go over to, you know, Michelle's house and like, and you have it, Hey, let's quarantine all those people because Sarah's location service is on. Wow. Cool. Beautiful. We don't have to worry about this virus anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is now where you give up even more freedom. Now, oh, yeah. I, don't know if we're, I don't know if we're going that way. 
I, you know, again, but it would surprise me. If you told me this years ago, I would be like, no, but like, we're in such a crazy world right now. I'm like, you know what? Anything's kind of possible. Like everything that I believe that was the world is thrown out the window. It is. But would you agree to it though? If they said, okay, we're going to introduce 5G and now you'll know where, yeah. I mean, I, mean look, look I really have nothing to hide, but it would bother me because I already don't think that we have the privacy that we think we have even now. Yeah. Look at, look at 9-11, right? And look at the airports now. They're not scaling that back. Anytime they take away more of the freedoms, they're, they're always going to you know, keep that stuff in place. Right? It's a way to control, control. And there's a lot of things we probably don't even know and we'd be angry if we knew. Right. right. And look, and, and, we're, and we've been doing all this face recognition for them with those apps and you know, you unlock your phone now with your face. Social media. <laughs> we're all, we're all everywhere. All yeah. everywhere. And it doesn't belong and, to us. It belongs to others. So. Right. And so it comes down to, you know, yeah, maybe you don't have anything to hide and maybe it's something where you, you know, you say going to the future. Hey, yeah, I, I want to, some, I guarantee you some people will be more than happy to give up their freedom if they don't have to be in a lockdown like this. Mm, yeah. When you weigh the two, you're like this option or this option. For sure. Yeah. And now everybody's in fear. And if they can come up with a solution, say, "Hey, here's how we can figure this out next time." Hmm. I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a huge conspiracy theory in it by any means. I. I think no, it, it makes, makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes make sense. sense. I mean, again, opinions and opinions, but yeah. it makes sense <laughs> in my. <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so here's another thing. So let's just say pe- this goes on for five to six months. And people are losing their jobs and losing their jobs. And we yeah. are not guaranteed rents. My, mm-hmm. my thoughts are to utilize Airbnb to do like a six month rent. So at least I can get my money up front mm-hmm. or four months or whatever it is, that time frame. And I was talking to a student of mine and, you know, it's so uncertain even just to take first and last right now because you're going to get anything else afterwards. So right. I started thinking, I'm like, this is maybe a good platform to use where you know they're collecting the money and you get paid upon check-in. And of course, there's pros and cons, but I've got a, t- a place that's vacant right now. And I'm like, in this market, I will list it vacant. People need to put pl- like places to move into, but I'm going to list it with a four to five month upfront yeah, just, cost. Yeah, just get that upfront. Stuff, and then they can stay if they want to afterwards and there's going to be a price and we can vet them, et cetera, if we need to. But yeah. at least I get my four months or five months upfront. I don't that's know. Not a bad I don't idea. Know if that's the right answer, but it's I mean, good. yeah, I, I think that's not a bad idea. I mean, look, I think for me though, I would probably still rent to families, but just really take a look at their job. You know, you work for TD Bank, cool. Okay, they're probably not going anywhere. Or income, right? Because I, I would say disability is probably pretty safe too. If somebody's on permanent disability. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if I'd go down that road or not. Me personally, so you know but, great, but, but it's guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say I have great tenants on disability and they have paid every time, no problem. Yeah. I mean, you just got to vet them, right? I don't care what source of income, but I agree with you. It has to be a stable source of income, mm-hmm. but I will look at, at anything that I think is stable. Where I don't think it's stable is a job where it's hourly. In this case, <laughs> probably at this point, they won't have that job right now, but... Yeah. That's not a bad, it may not be a bad move as well, too. I mean, look, they're, at least they've, they've consistently gotten that income and it's most likely not going to change. Mm-hmm. I've rented right? to a few on permanent disability. And if it's mm-hmm. permanent, it doesn't change and vet them the same way that you would vet them with all the criteria that you would vet them. And I mean, you're kind of guaranteed rent. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a good point. I mean, nothing's guaranteed, but maybe a little bit more than somebody that's going to lose a job. 
in a week. Yeah, I, re I really want to see how things look next week. And so, like I was saying, like you know, I want to start doing like that that weekly call on Monday, just more like a like a news bulletin. Like here's what mm -hmm. we're seeing in the market, you know, and that's what we were do we did last week. Like here's how many homes were listed in Peterborough. Here's how many homes sold. I think it was like 24 was listed, and 16 sold. So it's still fairly, still fairly hot, but it'll be interesting to see what it looks like next Monday. Right. Because I think this is the week where everything has been, well, everything non-essential. Right. It's shutting down. To really slow so down. This yeah. is today, tomorrow that people are going to get the call that, you know, they don't no longer have a job. So it's next week, I think will look quite different. And it's insane how it changes every day so fast. I know. I'm interested to see what happened today. I don't even know yet. I haven't even I've, I've turned it. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I really don't know what major, like anything major has happened. I don't know. And so I'll probably check yeah. it out. I think it's like 2,000 for like every person for four months, I think it is. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answers are, but it's 2,000 and it's all encompassing. And it sounds like it's a good option for people that need it. What's uh, the all the EI? Okay. Have you ever seen the lineups that, of people though? Like, you know, trying to... Oh, yeah. So my tenants that told me that they, he lost his job today or he's mm -hmm. laid off they applied and they told them that they don't even know when the wait time is because there's so many. And I'm like, okay, look, you've been a great tenant like for like years. Like she's been yeah. with us for since 2014. I'm like, you know, we're going to work with you. Obviously you've never taken advantage of us. So yeah. again, it goes back to the, the relationships, right? If, if your tenants treated you well, most likely the landlords are going to treat the tenants well in return and then vice versa. If they didn't, or the landlord wasn't good to the tenants, this is where people unfortunately might, say, screw you, you were an ass, right? Vice versa, it could be to a landlord or to a tenant. And I think if you were fair, firm, consistent, and, you know, showed some compassion throughout other things mm -hmm. and, you know, had that relationship with them, this is where you'll come out ahead and they'll come out ahead overall. Absolutely. I mean, look, one of the things that I've always instilled in, you know, with all my investors, and here's what I do for all my properties, like every Christmas, because I manage most of my properties myself, and, uh, and I go to all their homes, I drop off a $100 gift card. And so they don't want to, to disappoint me, you know? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's just about building that relationship with them. You know, listen, I'm not inviting them over for barbecue, right? And it also makes it easier too. No, you still want to keep it professional because yeah. you, you don't want to be too close with them that like you don't want to raise the rents every year or something. Right, <laughs> and, but, but, it feel, but you know what? It's a feel good because, you know, I'm raising the rents, but I'm also giving them 100 bucks. So it feels like it's a wash. Yeah, right? yeah. Are you doing that at the same time? Raising the rents and giving them a hundred bucks? A lot of them. Uh, yeah. A lot of them because of, you know, some of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Nice. Like, here you go. Oh, here you go. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's important to, to do, I think every year anyways, especially with rent control. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what actually scares me now that the, the landlord board is closed and how many applications are going to go in. It's already so delayed because they don't even have enough adjudicators. They're going to be so much further behind, so much further That's behind. What I mean. And what I feel sorry for in either direction mm. is somebody that truly needs to get a resolution because they're a, you know, maybe the tenant just decided that they were going to milk the system and not pay for months. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's professional tenants or vice versa. You've got a landlord that is not, I don't know, taking care of the basic safety, you know, essential repairs and they're trying to get it done or like there's, there's things that actually need to get done, but the system is going to be so bogged down by so many things and it already is like, that's the problem. Yeah. This is going to be, uh, 
Look, man, I, like I listen to a lot of uh, people so far, like, and, and I get it. Like, it's great to be optimistic, but man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess. There's, there's gonna be it's gonna be messy with the whole landlord and tenant board, and especially you know tenants that decide to to to, to band together and not pay rent. You know, you, you're gonna be yes. you're gonna some that of them are gonna be yeah, some of them are gonna be in there for like a year, year and a half probably. And, uh, and so even if we get the economy, let's say best case scenario, we get things rocking and rolling again, come September, half some of those tenants are going to be in there until like next summer, probably even longer and not even paying like, you know what, well, models will just stay here. Right. And so yeah. this is, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I this is not just going to turn back on in, in a month. It, it's, it's, I just, I can't see that. I hope. But I'm also going to be realistic, knowing that there's going to be long-term percussion that's going to happen to next summer minimum before this mm-hmm. all gets figured out. Yeah, it's really quite interesting because I don't think we know all the details, and so much is happening every day. So it's so hard to mm-hmm. put a finger on it. But I, like you know, you you talked last week, and you're like, "This is going to take months," and I'm like, "Really? It's going to take months?" But now I'm starting to come around and be like. You were right last week. <laughs> it's going to take, I think, a little bit longer than I originally thought. Was that the conversation we had offline? Like I said, it was going to take. Yeah. 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 Listen, you want to really think what I think? I think it's going to be years. That's even more depressing. But it's easier for your audience to just see maybe a year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, just like the government says, two weeks. Just, just keep inside for two weeks. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, this is not, man. This is a depression. When was the last time you had a depression? hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred, mm-hmm. almost, right? So this is it. We're gonna. This is. There's gonna. This is gonna be in the history books. And even though we're gonna go through it now more than ever, this is where this is where I've pushed this so hard for so many years. It's just master the mindset, master the mindset, master and understand that money isn't something that you have to hold on to. Just you have to learn how to attract it. Right. And the best analogy that I use is, you know, well, then if you think oxygen is so important, then hold on to it and see how long it lasts for. You don't. Oxygen, you, you breathe it in and you, and, you, and you exhale. Same with money. Just learn how to attract it when you need to attract it. Then you'll never have to really hold on to it. And so for me, I know through this, I will manage this because I know what it takes to manifest what I need to manifest. I know how to attract money when I need to attract it. Right. I know I'm kind of getting now I'm getting to the philosophical side of things, but I think it's important. I think people need to pick mm-hmm. up books. I think people need to understand the mindset more than ever. This is this is so crucial now for people, because if not, then people that are going through the hardships, they're going to go. They're going to be depressed. Yeah. Right? Look, and, 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 yeah. And, and so maybe just say, hey, Gary, well, it's easy for you to say, listen, my whole business is grinded to a halt. My guys aren't going out. Um, mm-hmm. It's like there's nothing. My, I have I have an admin. She's like, Gary, what do you want me to do today? I'm like, nothing. Like, there really isn't much to do. There's a couple of things that, you know, that we're sitting around that we wanted to eventually get to. So she's doing that. But, you know, it's getting to the point. It's like, there's just not much left to do. Mm-hmm. Then I've got my social media company. I'm probably going to have to let them go. I just signed up for coaching. I think I'm going to have to probably continue on with that. But, you know, I just canceled my gym membership. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's such a cascading problem that's 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 the difficult thing right it's it's tough because even though the government is saying that they're going to help the small businesses and this and that like how long are they going to help them for and how much money are they even going to be able to help them Mm. with because even just all the stuff that you're doing like those are all people that are going to get affected that 
you might have four or five businesses and people that are, you know, different groups of people. The government's not helping you with that. No. Right? So it's just unfortunate, but those people are going to lose their jobs at some point. Yeah, it is. It is tough, right? But I already told her we're keeping her on. So I said, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it. We'll figure something out for you because mm-hmm. she's got car payments and things that she's got to do. But uh, we can share We can share her amongst investors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. definitely have to ask. Like, figure out. <laughs> yeah, she, she's fantastic. She actually helps Matthew out from time to time. She's really good. Oh, yes. It's your niece. Yeah, yeah, Adeline. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. Totally she's fantastic. Right. And so I, I told her today because she was getting, you know, a little nervous. And she's like, well, I guess maybe whenever you just need me, um, I'll just work. And I was like, no, listen, uh, your job's safe. We have to cut your hours a little bit, but I still want you to continue to work. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, it's going to be interesting because there's a lot of companies right now that they're they're trying to hold on, but at some point, when is when is enough enough, right? Like when is enough bleeding enough? Exactly. And and again, right? It's I'm, you know I'm, I'm cutting I'm cutting costs where I can, but you're right. You know, eventually, potentially, you know, depending on how long it goes on for. I hope it doesn't go on that long, but. It's going to be interesting times. Unfortunately, I don't think exciting, fun times, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to, and like you said, it's, it's mindset and you really have to work on that and be strong because there's going to be like, it's going to, it's going to be a hell of a roller coaster. It is. Forever. It's going to be a roller coaster. Listen, but I think there's still going to be some highs in there. There's going to be some lows, a lot of lows, but there's going to be some highs in there. And I think, I think you're always just going to wake up every morning, just try and find and see where the silver lining is going to be in this, right? I mean, look, I, you know, now that I'm doing more webinars online and I'm just trying to let people know like, hey, look, I'm, I'm here to kind of guide you guys through this. I don't have all the answers. And so it's, it's helping me now to connect to even more people, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and so that's a good thing. People now probably will, will maybe tune in more to my, my podcast or, uh, try to figure out more, you know, what uh, smart home choice is all about. Our fast start class, we usually do it in class. Now we're going to do an online version of it. Like you still got to look for the good. I, I know, it's, it's, you know, this call has been a little dark and gloomy at, at times, but listen, man, you, you can't, uh, you can't just be completely optimistic all the time. You got to be a realist. I think you're you, right you too. You have, you have to. And I've always, I've always been more positive, but I, I at the end of the day, like you have to also look, like you said, at what's in front of you and you have to weigh yeah. the pros and cons and you have to weigh the good and bad and you can have a positive spin on it. But if you're always positive, people are going to call your bullshit out. Exactly. Listen, you know, when I used to go to the clubs, I used to hate when the, the you know, the, the lights would turn at 2 a.m. The party <laughs> has to end. At some time, the party has to end. And, and, and I think the party's ending. But the good thing is, eventually the party will start back. It'll up be again. a new party. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That's it, right? Yeah. And so this is one of those things where, you know, if you think of um, like squirrels, you know, they, they, they think winter all summer and summer all winter. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now we're going into winter and, uh, you know, you guys are kind of thinking about summer and how do you, how do you prepare for when things start getting better again? Absolutely. You know what? Like I was just looking at him like we could keep talking for hours, but we've already talked for like an hour and, and 15. Is it over an hour already? An hour oh, yes. and wow. 15. But it's like, it's, wow. so, it's so interesting. You've got some great insights, some great thoughts. And I like once in a while, like talking real and not that the rest isn't real, but mm-hmm. you know, this is like a real situation and their opinions on it. And 
it's uncensored, you know, kind of like what we gave you guys as a warning. You may like yeah. it, you may not like it. Work on your mindset. There's going to be good that comes from it. There's always good that comes from it, but it's going to be a shitty time for a while. Mm-hmm. But it's going to, you know, look for the positives in those shitty times. Right. And if you've got your health and you've got your family, this is where the, sh- the stuff that matters will matter more. This is where exactly. I think that when somebody's nice to you, you're going to remember them more. And you, when you're nice to somebody, like kindness will go further and assholes mm-hmm. will also go further. You're, you're going to remember yeah. that for a long time. If somebody was a jerk to you or somebody was nice to you and cared for you or helped you out or vice versa, that's going to touch them more or touch you more. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, turn the TV off. You don't need to watch it all day. It's just, it's all fear. You know, they're just, they're, they're spitting numbers and how many people are infected and how many people have died. And you really want to watch that counter all day. So just turn that off. It's, it's not doing anything from you. Social media. Catch the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You listen, I went into social media because I was just looking to see if I can get some info, just on somebody's thoughts on, you know, just on the N4. And I, I went into a couple forums and it's nasty. And I was like, I can't, I got to get out of here. I got, I got in some of those too. And then I got so angry because there's these tenants that are trying to like not pay rent on purpose to screw mm-hmm. the landlords. And it makes me angry. And I want us to stick together with this stuff because to me, that's unjust. There's one thing yeah. if they can't pay and so another thing, if they just say, screw you landlord, we're just going to not do it. Because, right. I don't know. No. Yeah. I, I, I didn't even see that on social media. I actually saw that on, on television. Oh, okay. Like it was, it was on the news mm-hmm. and they were saying, Oh, there's a social media group that's banded together to uh, not. So now they're like publicly pushing it out into the world. It's uh you know, times. I mean, here's the thing is we all have jobs too. You know, like mm-hmm. a lot of people have one or two houses and this is, you know, helping them with a little bit like the cash flow might be 200 bucks. Like they're not like making a fortune off this stuff, you know, especially the ones that bought condos in Toronto yeah. and they're paying for somebody to rent that place and they're banking on appreciate that these are going to be people that are going to be unfortunately not in the best situations. Yeah. And all of a sudden their tenants stop paying and they've got a $3,000 you know, expense to pay for carrying that property. And then all of a sudden the appreciation is down 20, 30% potentially. And I'm just making this up. I don't know what the answer is, but you know, that's unfortunate. Um, But these are not rich landlords. Some of them are probably do well, but most of them. (laughs) Yeah. And look, and I get it. Like when you're, when you're building your portfolio in the beginning, you are leveraging yourself heavily. I mean, I, I know I did mm-hmm. from 2008 to like around 2015, probably maybe more than that, 2017, I was leveraged heavy. And then, you know, luckily the market did incredibly well, got some great appreciation, good mortgage pay down. And then I started to, to liquidate. And then, you know what? And I think we talked about this last year. Like I was talking about getting into apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. Thank God I did it. You know, it just felt like, I don't even know if I knew I felt like it was going to, but I just like this party has been going on for like 12 years, you know, a long party mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, somebody turned the lights on for a second in 2017 and then they turned it back off and the party continued. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like they, somebody like, you know, hit it with their elbow, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's here, but I didn't, I don't think anybody knew it was going to be COVID-19. No, I honestly thought, I also thought that it was just going to be something else. Yeah, I agree. Nobody I, thought I it was going to be, be from a virus. But you know who called it? Bill Gates in 2015. He did a speech. Mm. You can Google it. And he actually yeah, TED Talk. called it. 
that that but the year yeah he said 2020 well i don't know if he said 2020 i thought he said something along those lines but he said the thing that's going to bring the markets down is not going to be a war it's going to be a virus it's very interesting i think he like you'll have to again guys google this stuff youtube it yeah I, i've seen it though it was a ted talk yeah i haven't i haven't seen it yet i just kind of saw it on on youtube yeah. i, like, hmm, I, I want i want to say he gave a day this. but i could totally be wrong but it's interesting mm -hmm. and that way regardless that's what he said the next big downturn was going to be caused by yeah and he was right you know what man i almost want to kind of get into something else but this, this is where now i might get people not on my side on this but i think you know we've, we've talked so much about it who cares i'm going to talk about it okay is that you know, any any other species is always kind of survival of the fittest. It's and it's always been a survival of the fittest. And so, I wish when they show the numbers, what they would show is mm -hmm. that how many people died, and then out of that, how many people had compromised immune systems, and how many people had strong immune systems. Mm -hmm. The number of how many people are, are been infected is irrelevant because they're not testing everybody. So then you can't even give me a percentage. You you only have one number. Right. Right. And how many people have it that could be positive but aren't showing any signs? Right. There's lots of people. Yeah. Listen, my, my daughter could have it. I don't know. Right? Because there's lots of people that show zero symptoms. Mm -hmm. But I do understand that, you know, it's, you know, most of the people I think that are getting hit are, are the old. There are some young people. I know that. I've, I've seen where, you know, some people in their 30s and their 40s that are strong and healthy have been hit with this. And so I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know if... Maybe they should have spent 30 or $50 million and maybe try to protect the old and shut down the old age homes or maybe say, hey, you know what, if you're older, you know, you get a shot between 8 and 10 in the morning uh, as opposed to destroying the whole economy. Yeah. I don't know. It is. A, I mean, look, again, I'm just kind of... in Canada, right? Like, it is global. So, like, it's not like yeah. one country could do it this way and then the other countries... I mean, maybe I guess they could do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting because we don't get access to those stats. Uh-huh. And I, and I honestly, I'm, I'm not trying to be insensitive about it. I'm, I'm like, look, I, no, there's lots of people that I know for that. facts and numbers. That's it from the government. Yeah. Like that's all you're, I mean, really, yeah. that's all you're saying is facts and numbers. Is it, is it going to be the people that pass away, you know, a mix? Is it 50, 50 or is it, is it skewed one way or the other? Yeah. Like I, like, yeah. Show me how many healthy people die. And then if your immune system is compromised, they, but I mean, that's the problem now, right? You, know, you say, well, stay home, but then somebody healthy in that family goes out, they have it, they bring it back home. So Yeah, I mean, it, it becomes complicated. That, and it's like, it does. I know. It, it is, you know, I think tough, I'm just, but, you know, again, it's just, it's a, it's a question that would be interesting to know regardless of how people mm -hmm. like have the worst symptoms and how many people pass away and were their health like, what was their age yeah. like? And, you know, we haven't really heard of many kids, right? That had this. I don't think anybody, any kid under the age of 10 has died. At least not that I've heard. I know they, I know they did some tests with kids that were like a few months old and they were full of COVID and they survived. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Look, here's something else that's good from this as well, too. All the planes have stopped flying. All the cruise line ships yes. have stopped. They're talking the about the, they're seeing dolphins. Yeah, they're yeah, talking about dolphins, dolphins now. Dolphins was BS. Like, was that just like a fake news picture type of thing? I don't know, but I do know that they're saying now the satellite image is over Wuhan. Yes. You know, they're seeing blue skies over there. So I'm sure there's some good for me. Hey, look, maybe they just said, you know what, man? Why don't we just shut it all down and let's see if we can reverse, you know, this global warming. How long would it take if we shut it down for a month or two? And can we change things? 
look, we might even speed faster now to electric cars. Again, I, I still think there's going to be some good innovations. Here's what I think. I think you've got to break down this old world to create a new world. Yeah. And this could be dun, 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 new world order. This is going down in history regardless. Like this is something mm-hmm. that somebody's history book in 50 years from now will have. It's going to be interesting yeah. times. Yeah. I hang on and look, the I, ride. <laughs> yeah. And look, and I, and I think when people hear the word new world order or Illuminati and all that, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad. I mean, look, even the word Illuminati means to illuminate. Yeah. But I think people just don't like change and then change is what is going to scare a lot of people regardless, because before, before you get into your new world, you're going to go through a lot of struggle and struggle with change. Well, look, you cannot have growth without pain. You can't call a, uh, a touchdown, a touchdown. If you don't go through the linebackers, you can't just run across the field and spike the, the, the football and say, yeah, I touched down. It's like, no, no, you get, you got to go through some pain. People got to knock you down. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is what's, this is what is going to happen now. I, I think a lot of us are going to go through a lot of pain. And, but I think if you, if you stay positive and connect with people, I, I think we can still make it. I really do. Right. I think this is where you're going to see the people that are, that are weak and weak minded. This is where they're going to have problems. Yeah. Right. If you don't have a strong mindset, I get it. You know, if, if, if you're, bro- yeah, if you're broke, you're broke and you need money. You know, I was talking to um, to Stefan, Stefan, and he was saying, I was asking about gold and silver, and he's like, "Why, why invest in that? You're better off getting getting a gun. We're gonna do it, gold and silver. Throw it at them." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I agree with that, but <laughs> I mean, but but I mean, look, yeah, if you do get into gold and silver, it's more of an insurance, and it's like a, a short term play. Like you wouldn't hold it forever. Mm-hmm. Like you actually thought that they might go to a gold currency or a currency backed by gold then you, you'd probably see gold shoot and take off. And I wouldn't be surprised that if it even matched the price of the Dow. Remember this one, okay? If gold reaches the price of the Dow, then we got some serious problems. And I don't know where the Dow might, the Dow might go down to 10,000. Gold might come up to 10. But just keep an That's eye on that. interesting. If, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I can see real estate being the next big currency. Okay. How? What do you mean? What's I don't know. I can't. Well, because everyone's going to need to buy something to live in to rent. Well, look, the, the, the not dollar as tra- itself. Not as trading currency, but like the big thing that people are. For sure. I mean, look, the, the, the dollar itself is useless. It's goods and services. That's really where the, the, the wealth is. That's, that's it. It's, it the, the paper is just a receipt. Yeah. Right. This is crazy. Welcome to the new world, guys. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Gary and I can keep talking. So if you enjoy this podcast, can you send us an email or request? We can have another one of these episodes. I usually don't do them like this. It's usually me asking people about how they got started in real estate and all that stuff. But we switched it up for a special episode. Gary, thank you for being on the show. And thanks for like all of your insights and sharing your opinion and like being fucking real that's awesome so thanks for- oh man i i appreciate that and thank you for having me on your show again i love hanging out with you i love conversating with you you know i think this was a great conversation i enjoyed it i didn't we had no idea where we we're gonna go with it you know and uh and, and look as long as you guys can just take some information away from it and use it great and whatever you you don't think that we said this evening made sense and just leave it that's it Probably a lot of stuff that we said doesn't make sense, but that's okay because they're my opinions and they're yeah. your opinions and we're having a nice glass of wine talking about this as we're 
in quarantine or, you know, whatever the proper term is, self-isolating or whatnot. I don't know what the proper yeah. term is yet. Um, but this is, uh, this is good. Like I enjoyed my conversation and it's, you know, positive mindset and you're a positive yes, realist. A positive realist. Um, I think that's important in these times, right? <laughs> it's it's going to get worse before it gets better. Right. Yeah, so. absolutely. Guys, on that note, hopefully you enjoyed the podcast. Gary, thank you so much for no, being on the show. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. We'll do it anytime. You let me know. Sounds good. We can do this weekly if you want. <laughs> All right. Let's <laughs> more of it. Let us know. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.